Come on in, guys, because it's time for another episode of Outwatch, a Survivor Rewatch podcast. My name is Alex, your host and guide through our Outwatch journey, where we rewatch, recap, and react to past seasons of Survivor an episode at a time. So whether this is your first run through one of these seasons or you're rewatching it along with us or, you know, you don't have the whole time to do a full rewatch, but you want to remember uh, the goodness of these past seasons, then we're the podcast uh, partner for you. We are about halfway through now, believe it or not, of our rewatch of Survivor China. It's 15th season, and today we will be tackling its sixth episode, one of the uh, the high points to this point, I'd say, titled, That's Love, Baby, It Makes You Strong. And if those are <laughs> truer words have never been spoken. Who said that? That, was, that was James. <laughs> it was right after he... Uh, celebratorily slapped Todd on the back and nearly knocked Todd over. (laughs) Uh, But before we get into the details of today's episode, it's time that you meet my fellow co-hosts here who are watching this season for the very first time. Um, First, who's our leader in fantasy right now coming into episode six? I believe it's Adam. It is Adam. Welcome to Outwatch. So good to be here. Uh, One of the high points of this episode, or the low points, depending on your perspective, is the reward challenge in which our winners are treated to a getaway to the Charmin brand tea house, where they get to bathe, enjoy tea and snacks, and also Charmin. There's also Charmin toilet paper there, (laughs) and it's the Charmin tea house. Do you think they had to import it or do you think they could buy Charmin in China at that point? That's a great question. I have no idea. You're the one who's been to China, Adam. Was there Charmin in China? I don't remember buying toilet paper. Uh, (laughs) You just didn't use it? it, No, I definitely used it. (laughs) Your time in in China was a lot like these survivors time. Yeah. Apparently. A lot of a lot of people took care of us when we were in China. <laughs> uh, so that this strange brand and reward pairing, you know, made me consider how this reward maybe could have made a little bit more sense with its product placement. And so I'm I'm wondering, folks, what other brand would you peg to be sponsoring this tea house rather than Charmin that would make a uh, a better a better match here for our survivors? Or just a wilder one. <laughs> um, <clears throat> this is this is a great question. I think uh, I think Lipton should have got in on this. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a tea house. They they can pretend like, oh yeah, like China, they love tea, and then pretend like there's not like actually good tea there. It's just Lipton. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that would have made more sense. Of course. Yeah, and then like the hostesses would be like, "Welcome to." The Lipton Tea House here in China. We love our ancestral tea, and no, there's none finer than Lipton iced tea. Welcome to the tea house. <laughs> and then you'd get a confessional from Jean Robert. He's like, you know, I just love Lipton tea. It's the best tea. <laughs> uh, who's in second place? Let me, you know, pull up the notes here. That'd be Emily. Welcome to Outwatch. 
Thanks for having me. Uh, same thing. Who, who, which, uh, which brand would you have liked to see sponsor this tea house? Um, listen, I wish I had a funny answer for this. I thought about Lipton, but I was like, that's just such an affront to like probably tea houses. It's not even funny. I think that's why it's funny. But listen, here's the other. Do you need me to explain the joke? No, no, I know. I was like, yeah, it's just. I think they would do something like that. It's just, just <laughs> I saw them have, what was that? Uh, those pineapple margaritas would have like Applebee's out there. Or something yeah. ridiculous. Like. The grilled pineapple margs. Yes. Yeah. Never forget. Uh, well, they, okay. The so Express. they spent so much time. No, they spent so much time. Um, you know, they ate their snacks and their tea and then they did like oh yay we get to have baths and we get to brush our teeth and yeah all of that and so i feel like there would have been a partner that you could have shown like oh we're actually using the product so like <laughs> irish spring dove soap or irish some kind spring. of like herbal essences hair shampoo something like you know james does kind of look like the old spice guy oh so maybe old spice i do like that <laughs> yeah i wish um emily going off your idea here of letting us see them use the product i wish they would have done that with Charmin. well i was kind of worried i was like great how's this gonna work out i just they're gonna have testimonials where people are just like holding up like some squares like it's so strong do you do you remember the the shower the two shower silhouettes from uh the shoot the panama uh, no. Amazon or Pearl Island? No, Pearl Island. Yeah, of course. How could I ever yeah, forget? There were the two shower silhouettes of that. I just wanted that of someone on the toilet. <laughs> Tasteful toilet that shots. The choicest B roll ever. Yeah, yeah. I'd be here for that. Pair, yeah, and it's John Robert for sure. Yeah. It just like shows the toilet, but then like someone's just just their feet or something sitting on the ground. <laughs> I like to consider myself a bad boy of using the toilet. And so I mean. <laughs> so I keep one leg on the ground and one leg on the stall door. <laughs> I like to do what's called a, a air dump. <laughs> and that's why I need Charmin for my massive loads. God, that would have been such a like ridiculous uh testimonial where they're just like i just love charmin it just gets my stanky ass so clean (laughs) (laughs) yeah i wonder wonder why they didn't air any of that you know i honestly had the thought of like do you think they tried it though were they like let's just give a shot like what do you give us some give us (laughs) some thoughts about charmin and they they watched all the interviews again. They're like, we can't make this happen. <laughs> I feel like this they have to have, right? Like they have to yeah. have tried. Yeah, they had to have tried. Come on, come on, CBS, you cowards. Yeah. Release the footage. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Release the Charmin tapes. <laughs> <laughs> I know where you live, Jeff. That's not true. I don't. Don't come for us. No. Scott, welcome to Outwatch. <laughs> Hello. Uh, Scott, what brand would you insert into the Tea House sponsorship? So... My first thought was to go a little bit sideways with this, um, like to go with like the Muppets, because you know how like <laughs> there's like the meme <laughs> with Kermit the Frog and his tea and the tea. Oh, yeah. that's where. Okay, oh, yes. okay. 
um, so that's where my mind initially went. But I don't know if you, I don't know if the Muppets is a brand, and if they, waka, if so, if they would sponsor. <laughs> oh, it's a brand. Yeah, it, is. <laughs> it is a brand. But so the Muppets Tea House, I love it. That could be. Yeah, I that could have been amazing. I believe the Muppets Tea House is coming to Paramount Plus. <laughs> their stellar lineup of shows but another one now that i think of it they could have went with cola guard yes could have tied in the charmin and the cola guard pretty well i feel like yeah for sure yeah i thought similarly like it could be a cool partnership it's like step one is taco bell and you've mm. got a t- feast of taco <laughs> bell and then don't worry because you're going to the Charmin Tea House. <laughs> so uh, all will be all will be uh, taken care of. I just want I want Panda Express to show up so badly. And <laughs> just like, oh, no, direct contradiction to everything we have done about like traditional food and right? culture. things. <laughs> so unfortunately now, like as with most things in this show, I will start using this in like my daily life. So from now on, when I got to go to the bathroom, I'll just say, I got to go to the Charmin tea house. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. And nobody will know what I'm talking about. (laughs) That is a, it's perfect. That really does. It does not sound like a place where I want to go and drink tea. (laughs) No, No, certainly not. I don't want food and drink anywhere near that. (laughs) Oh, it's a natural part of the system. (laughs) Okay, well, this episode is the sixth episode. Hopefully, hopefully not your first episode listening. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to interject with. Sorry, keep going. Honestly, come, come for the tea house the content. Course, if you're being honest, <laughs> this is uh, you know apart from the Charmin Tea House is actually a really really interesting and good episode if you ask me. Uh, the sixth episode of the season and uh, the second one after the tribe swap in which Aaron is royally screwed. We're still dealing with that aftermath. And ramping up to the incoming merge. So why don't we take a trip down to Tree Mail and walk through what happened in this episode? What do you say? Let's do it. Come along. Yes. So right out of the gate, PG still feels confident about throwing the next challenge. And James has the strategy of doing all the work around camp so that his tribe is rested to win. Even though at this point, you know, they don't want to win. Todd tells Amanda about his idle clues, of which he has um, gathered a few now. And at the reward challenge, we've got them running through an abandoned village to pull puzzle pieces for of the titular Charmin Tea House visit. Phalong wins this one and then strategically kidnaps James, since he was formerly on that tribe. The Jean Hu tribe has worries that Frosty and Sharia would actually reunite with them after they've gone through all this trouble of throwing challenges, mainly because PG tries to um, talk with Sharia at the challenge and it doesn't really go anywhere. Back at Fei Long, Todd tells James to give him the clue that's in his tube, and based on that clue, he figures out the idol's location at their camp. Uh, And then this is when it all goes down, folks. Amanda and Todd are trying to get the idol uh, down from the the pagoda-like perch at the front of their tribe. And in doing so, they draw Frosty's attention, who notices, you know, what they're doing. They do get the idol down, Amanda and Todd do, but Frosty is in on the action and they end up having to tell him about the idol as well. 
Then Todd gives James that idol that he just found and tells him to lose the challenge. So now this same tribe is supposed to throw the challenge again, but this time it's James throwing instead of the other group. And then he's going to use that idol to vote out Jamie. Kind of convoluted. We'll break it down. Uh, then James also knows where the Jean Hu idol is because it's the same at both camps. Todd tells Denise and Courtney about the idol as well to try and really um, inspire them to win this challenge. But the challenge is the ultimate anti-throw challenge, the gross food eating competition. And despite James' best efforts to lose, uh, their tribe wins, spoiling Todd's and Amanda's master plan. So now uh, the Phalong tribe has to go to immunity the majority targets Sharia, but Courtney is really not on board and tells Sharia about their plan. After hearing from Courtney, then, uh, Todd and Amanda are conflicted about whether they should be voting out Sharia or if they should um, move alongside with Courtney and vote out Jean Robert. But it turns out that ultimately Sharia is voted out by five votes to two. Courtney also votes for Jean Robert with Sharia. And Sharia is out of the game, sadly. Um, another person who is equally as screwed by this swap, it turns out, as Aaron was, though it kind of got yada yada this episode. So uh, let's start, as we always do, with a reminiscent look back on Sharia's game. Uh, Emily, Sharia was on your tribe. We lose her here in episode six. What went what went wrong for her um, and how do you look back upon her game? Yeah, I, I really liked Sheree and I was really sad to see her go. Yeah. I think you're right. It was the same thing as Aaron of like. It was just kind of down to, you know, tribes swapped, but the original tribes were still intact and she just kind of fell into that unfortunate mess. Um, I think she was a really strong player in the challenges especially she always gave it her all and she was really athletic um i think she was very loyal to her tribe i know that there were some issues with there was like that one episode where she was like i'm not gonna help her out camp because i am better at challenges but mm -hmm. i think i feel like she evened that out um and i think she was a good like camp player too mm -hmm. i really loved her honesty at um tribal councils and stuff like she would just call people out if they yeah. were trying to play you know dumb or if they were just trying to pull one over on people which i really appreciated about her a lot so yeah i was sad to see her go i was really hoping that this whole like interesting plan that you mentioned was gonna work out yeah yeah, I was bummed to see Sharia go too. She was um, a lot of fun. And like you said, a really strong competitor. She just really did get hosed by this swap. It, again, was less of a big deal as Aaron's was last week because there was so much going on outside mm -hmm. of that this week. But for both her and Aaron, they're in a spot where if their tribe loses, they're just kind of hosed. And Frosty was definitely way quicker to kind of jump ship from the Jean Hu mm -hmm. side of things and ingratiate himself with the former Fei Long. So it made a ton of sense that they would target Sharia instead. Mm -hmm. Bummer um, for Sharia to go. 
Uh, we'll always treasure this memory. Did you not hear what came out of my mouth? Did you, did you not? Did you not hear what came out of my mouth? <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Uh, she was so good. <laughs> she was great. She's like, I'm not. I'm not your fool. <laughs> yeah. That. That's the. We see the. The teacher. In her, yeah, for absolutely. sure in that clip. So Cherie is gone. Um, Emily, you lose your second tribe member, sadly. Um, and we're down to, well, I think just 11 left at this point. I think so. So before we before we dig into some of the most notable other parts of this episode, let's start out by uh, sharing our headlines from this episode. What was the most rewatchable or reactable moment from this episode? Um, Scott, what do you think? Would you care to lead us off? Sure. Um, I think for me, like the big thing, like from this episode was like the idol hunt, Mm -hmm. um, with like Todd and Amanda trying to get the big idol off of like the big perch during broad daylight. Right. Um, and then frosty coming on board and everything. And then kind of what came from that. Um, so I was really interested with that. And I, we kind of touched on, I was really wanting it to work out just cause I was, I'm still a little bit annoyed from the last episode when Aaron got hosed for them to be able to turn the, turn the tide back on like the, the other tribe there. Yeah. Um, but sadly it didn't work, but yeah, the, like the, I was really wondering how they would get the idol down. Like whether if they would go like at nighttime or like early in the morning, but nope, they went right in broad daylight. Yeah. (laughs) There's definitely like Uh, a a few parts of that to break down. Let's start with that. The, like the choice to, I think they tried to disguise it as like Amanda is poking the like shingles off of that thing. Yeah. Totally normal thing to do. Yeah. Which to what end? (laughs) That's what I would do. (laughs) Scott, how could they have handled that better? When when do you think uh, that this could have been done <laughs> in such a way to not drive so much suspicion here? I think for myself, I think I would have probably tried to do it like early in the morning, mm-hmm. um, like before everybody woke up. If you could somehow like time that out um, that way, like it's still kind of daylight, but also like you're not going to get caught, mm-hmm. <laughs> especially if like in. Like in Todd's case, like we, he knew exactly where it was. Yeah. Um, so I like got probably when I would have done it or at least not when everybody was like right there at camp. Yeah. It or was like, so wait. like funny the way that Frosty saw what was going on too. Cause the, yeah, the stupid cover up is they're poking the shingles off the thing and Frosty's like, Oh, I can, I can climb up there and do that. You want the shingles off? I'll climb up here and, and poke them off myself. And they're like, no, no, stop. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> it's just so like awkward <laughs> to me. And then they like poke it off and Amanda's like standing on top of it. And Frosty's like, uh, hey, what is that? You, that thing fell off. What is that thing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was painful. Let's talk about this, this master plan, too, um, because it is a really central thing. And then we'll move on to the other headlines here. But basically, in short... The plan is they they get this idol and they're going to give it to James and then James is going to make their tribe lose on purpose with the, you know, the assumption that all the votes are going to come on him. So then he's going to play the idol and use it to guarantee that whoever he votes for will be voted out. Right. That's the master plan. 
Um, ultimately, it fails because that tribe doesn't end up losing. So now James kind of has this idol for no reason that sh I'm sure Todd and Amanda especially feel like super bummed that they yeah. found this idol. They hatched this plan and now James just has it, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So let, let's talk about this pie in the sky plan here that Todd and Amanda um, put together. And yeah, what what we thought about this idea it didn't ultimately come to fruition but was it worth the shot or th should he just have said like all right i have an idol now are you asking if todd should have i get yeah i don't know technically who would have had ownership of that idol had they not given it to james if that would be todd's or amanda's yeah i think they're they're in an interesting position where they can like look at james and say uh like this, the idol is going to be the, in the exact same place. Mm. So before you go to tribal, rip this off. Let them see. Who cares? You're going to use it at tribal. Like, yeah, they'll know for like a few hours. See what happens. Honestly, that chaos could be fun. Yeah. Um, but also, I guess there is the risk that it's hidden somewhere else. They don't know for sure that like. It's the exact same in the exact same location. So I, I get the like playing it safe and handing off the idol like that. It's honestly, it's a good play on their part. Uh, to throw the challenge and to get rid of Jamie. It just really the worst possible challenge for them to yeah. like try this in. Yeah, I did have that note. I wonder if especially after last episode where the challenge was thrown so overtly, if productions like, all right, we have to keep them from throwing another challenge. So we're going with the gross food. Because you really can't throw this, right? Like you either. If somebody can't eat it, that's trying to win, they just can't eat it and they, it can't be thrown, you know? Mm. So I wondered if there was some. Uh, behind the scenes finagling of this challenge here. Uh, I think that's a good point, yeah. Yeah. Um. Emily, what about you? What was your headlining moment from this episode? Uh, yeah, honestly, I think everything that we talked about, I think it was um, seeing them actually get the idol down finally. And I think all of the action after that and trying to hatch that plan was really interesting. Um, Adam and I talked a lot. I'm like always rooting for the underdog, even if, I mean, I have like players that I like and I'm always rooting for them. But ultimately, if someone's like, I have this in the bag, I'm like, OK, how can we thwart it? Like, I'm really interested in that story, you know? So, yeah, when when it came down to it and James had to win the challenge and I I mean, I like Sharia. I didn't want her to go home. Yeah. And um, Courtney was trying to advocate to vote John Robert off. I was like, OK, I'm really interested in that. How could they swing that? And I. Adam and I were talking about it like we really think they could have made that happen and it wouldn't have been a bad move. So I was really kind of rooting for that, too, throughout everything. Because I like Sharia a lot more than Primer Bear. As a player. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is like it is it almost reminds me a little bit of some of the things that we talked about in Millennials vs. Gen X last season, where this plan was hatched that is like a wildly complicated plan and if it goes right it's great mm -hmm. but there's like a lot of 
variability that it doesn't go right, you know? Right. Um, and in this case, for Amanda and Todd, it doesn't go right, but there's not a lot of, like, blowback for them, right? They, they have Sharia voted out. It's really no skin off their backs, right? Um, where, you know, in past uh, experiences, it's been a lot more volatile to that individual. Adam, what about you? What's your headlining moment from this episode? Yeah, I think that I think that Courtney and Sharia really had a missed opportunity um, in trying to get Jean Robert out. I'd echo what Emily said. We could probably talk about that more later. Uh, I would probably say, I guess my headlining moment. Um, and we've kind of talked about this already, but the uh the quote-unquote gross food challenge. Yes. I, I I was watching it, and I was like, this is all just, like, Chinese food. Like, normally when we have a gross food challenge, it's like, uh, you know, this pig intestine and, totally. like, these sorts of things that, like, cultures absolutely eat, but, like... Well, I also remember in one of them, he was like... <laughs> There was like deal, dealer's choice or something when he had a bunch of random stuff and he put it in a blender. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah. that was like Pearl Islands. That people eat. That's just right. nasty stuff. Nasty stuff. Smoothie. Whereas this was like, <laughs> we have freshwater eels, which are delicious. But like, it was just kind of like, yeah, you get the eels and like the tiny turtle things. Like, yeah, that looks gross, but like, it's not actually all that gross at the end of the day. That like, was upsetting, though, to see the little baby turtles. <laughs> you just eat a baby turtle whole. That was upsetting. It's a little, it's a little sad, but they're tiny. It's not like I don't know. <laughs> anyway, that that whole like this this like gross food thing kind of got me because I feel like I don't know. It doesn't quite it, in a way that like I hate the gross food challenge. Generally speaking, yeah, this one doesn't live up to the hype in almost any way because it's basically just like Chinese food. Except you've got to. You have to have the balut. The balut, yeah, that one is that's the uh, the 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 chicken fetus. Yes, that one's one that like in 2007. I remember X Factor used to use that uh, in their show. Uh, Fear Factor. Factor. That's what I said. I wish X Factor. That'd be wild. Um, (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Tonight, contestants, you're gonna have to eat this chicken fetus while you sing. That was my Simon Cowell. Yeah, it's just it. a British it accent. Really. Great. Yeah, thanks. It was good. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I I was a little like I, I'm not I'm not saying I'm disappointed with the food challenge. It just I don't know. It's just kind of weird. Like a challenge that generally speaking I don't like is not a good challenge. Yeah. But also like just wasn't executed well because it's not like Well, you're so I think what you're saying is like they've They've stuck to the the theme of this season so well. Right. That in this challenge, it bothered you to see like, oh, these are things that like people eat. And we're like, look how nasty it is. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, that's definitely part of it. It's also I think it's just that like these things aren't like as objectively gross as the yeah. like we're going to blend a bunch of fish parts into it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just. Yeah. So it's definitely both. It's it's. Kind of all of those things. This was just a very unsatisfying challenge that I normally hate to watch anyway. Yeah, it's <laughs> so. never a good challenge. Yeah. It's, I wonder how, like, if we were watching this back in 
whenever this was 07 mm-hmm. yeah would we be like yeah this is tv and this is what people do and this is fine but i think it's really interesting that we're watching it now where we're like nobody does this this is weird yeah why was this a thing it'd be like watching them do well, like a challenge with slime like nickelodeon or something uh, <laughs> and even like i'd be here this? for that though we're, we're honestly that'd be incredible but we're also kind of it's in like the mud challenge we're... from kagiyan yeah <laughs> <laughs> we're also we're also in a more like diverse food culture as a world so like some of these like eel like legitimately like i saw that and i was like that's like that's not that's fine like there's nothing about that that grosses me out yeah yeah. i I didn't even really look that gross either like right yeah like jamie put it down yeah yeah so i I don't know (laughs) it it was kind of disappointing except it did give us the moment where it's it's denise it's denise and james and James is losing on purpose. And Jeff's like, it's Balut. And he's like, ready, go. And then Denise just goes, ah! Yes. <laughs> and shoves it in her mouth. <laughs> she like kind of threw it too. She yeah, like she, it and threw it down. And she was she hyping was herself really up so hard. Oh, she's trying so hard to hype herself up and she just can't. Yeah. She couldn't do it. She couldn't do it. Lunch lady Denise couldn't do it. Yeah. And I think there's another point too where she, yeah, she's like hyping her up the whole time. She's like, get in there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. I felt bad because she really was trying so hard. She I know. knew what was at stake and she just couldn't do it. Yeah. And then James was like, okay, I tried. Like, I'll just yeah. gobble this up because yeah. there's no winning. Well, I guess there's only winning here. Right. Yeah. The unthrowable challenge, the gross food eating. Do you think they'd ever come to an impasse, though? Like, neither of us can do this. That's a great wonder, question. Like, James just act like I, I physically can't. And then they just like. Yeah, I was kind of curious. Truth. I was kind of curious if James was going to try that, but. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think Jeff would have let that happen in this case, like knowing that. You know, he knows that he's trying to throw it, right? Yeah, that's true. So he would be like, one of you has to. We're not stopping until one of you eats this chicken fetus. It'd be like having kids at the table, like the first one was like chicken hearts. Yeah, yeah, those are delicious. There I were don't... ten of them. I was like, that's a lot. It, it is, is a lot, lot of chicken hearts. hearts. Yeah, yeah. Are they raw though? No, they were cooked. They looked like boiled. They, I mean, yeah, they that's just looked, like, of, very that is like seasoned. That is a fair thing about like all of these things. Like none of them were prepared in any sort of like recipe way. Of like, course. They were, all boiled until they could they were edible and then they were given to them i wonder that about the eel like is the eel cooked i'm sure that that was like boiled just yeah keep them from dying right but there's i mean there's no seasoning or anything on it right like yeah that honestly probably makes it a lot less tasty it makes (laughs) it less tasty but it's not like you're i don't know like if you eat like unseasoned anything it's just kind of like bland like there's just kind of nothing to it yeah like, you know and since there's and since it's been cooked there's no like textural weirdness to it that's like you know right. a worm or something like that like there's just yeah. this was just such a weird i just had, have so many mixed feelings about this challenge because it <laughs> like i normally don't like it but also like you didn't do anything that was actually that gross so like, yeah what's the point yeah so ultimately you know the the jean who tribe wins they avoid tribal. James does not have the chance to use his idol. And so Phelan goes and the rest is history. Um, let's go through here some of the rest of 
um, the headlines here from this episode. Uh, one thing that I thought was really interesting um, was, and they kind of made a deal out of this, at the so the Feilong tribe has three more members than the Zhanghu tribe at this point. So whoever they sit out at the reward has to play at immunity, right? And they they win reward and lose immunity. This is actually the first time this season that one tribe doesn't win both reward and immunity. And so Feilong sits out Courtney and Amanda and Denise, who then now must compete in the uh, sorry they. They sat out those three at the reward, so now they must compete at immunity, right? And so, and I, I think this was maybe intentional. They went all in on reward here so that they could steal James over um, so that he, you know, would give the clue to the person that they wanted him to. But as a result, now, ultimately, Amanda, Courtney, and Denise have to play in the immunity, which they also really need to win, and they lose. I wonder... Um, about the choice here to sit out what appear to be your like three weakest challenge performers at the reward such that they have to compete in the immunity. Um, was this a thing that you guys caught and thought about at all? I, I noticed it. I think that honestly, when you have to sit three people out, it is pretty hard to like rotate in your like strong and weak players and try to like maximize that for a challenge that you don't know anything about. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know how you maximize this better. I guess like, I don't remember who won any of the, their like food competition stuff besides Denise, but like, right. At least you feel you feel pretty safe putting Denise in just about anything like sure. You know, you don't think that she's going to be the one that like slips on you. So yeah, the story we get at least is that like Denise is the reason they lost, you know, right. Or at least she like, well, feels yeah, bad afterwards. Like, she, she, she is like, that's, that's a fair like beat on it. But like, I'm, I'm trying to think of like, you're trying to decide, okay, we need to win this one. And then we're, we need to win the next one. Yeah. Immunity. And like, keeping Denise out of this one and putting her in the next one. Like that feels generally like a pretty safe bet is all I'm saying. Like, yes, you don't think that she's going to be the reason that you are slowed down too much or end up not losing. Like she works her butt off. So Mm -hmm. the fact that she is the weakest link in all of this is really disappointing, but also like Frosty was the only one who actually got a point. So it's not like Amanda or Courtney did great. I was going to say, I mean, I don't remember the end scoring, but it's like Denise wasn't the only one who lost. Yeah, Frosty was the only one who so got a point. Who, yeah, could. Mm-hmm. And also, Eric was terrifying when he ate those things. Yeah, like, Frosty, Frosty's like shoveling things into his yeah. mouth like really quickly, and Eric's just like cool, calm, collected, and then all of a sudden it's gone. Eric is such an enigma. Yeah, <laughs> who is this guy? <laughs> like, every once in a while, he pops up on our screens. <laughs> like, oh yeah, this guy's like, here. He's so talented, but he doesn't have quite enough personality to really like command the the testimonials. So like, this is I don't see anything about yeah, it. Yeah, I had a note, but it's next episode, so I'll hold on to it for next episode. Yeah, what a guy. Um, yeah, I just thought that the the sit out thing was an interesting wrinkle there. Um, let's talk about to the way uh, that Sharia and Frosty seem to um, not 
make uh, much of an effort to like communicate with the rest of the previous Jean who's at this at this challenge. Right. PG tries to like talk to Sharia and they also talk later back at camp about how they were like Frosty wasn't making eye contact with us, you know, um, did did this come off to you as um i don't know a a misstep by either of them or did it seem fairly inconsequential emily do you have a thought on their lack of um returning the the gamesmanship here Um, can you repeat the question? I'm sorry. <laughs> what do you think about Sharia and, and Frosty not really um, uh, engaging with Jean Hu's attempts to communicate with them at the reward? Um, yeah, I think it was interesting that. Like the way that Frosty, I feel like the only reason that Frosty really got in was because he just helped with the shingle thing. Like he literally <laughs> stumbled into partnership with them yeah but that was actually something that i thought about when we first started this recording recording as i was thinking about um like the way that tribal could have gone because we were saying you know sharia just ended up being voted out because she was from the other tribe mm -hmm. and like they kept frosty presumably because he was now in on what had been going on but mm -hmm. i wonder if it would have been like, would it have been beneficial to them to vote Frosty out? Because That's a question for sure. On them in the next episode, or like he knows a lot. Yeah, he knows a lot, and so I feel like they were like, okay, well, we just have to trust him now. But like, you don't actually have to. Like, now that your plan fell apart, yeah, just get rid of him instead of right. Sharia. You just have to pretend you trust him and then vote him out, yeah, like, just to keep him like occupied, so he doesn't like tell other people that shouldn't know your. Right. Business. I honestly then. wonder if that would have been a better play for them than Sharia because like Courtney was saying, you know, I trust Sharia more than I trust John Robert. Yeah. So like she wasn't an active threat necessarily. It was just the fact that she was from the other tribe. I I think more going back towards the question a little bit, I think that Frosty and Sharia were probably even if they were planning on being loyal to Jean Hu at the merge. It's not in your interest to show that you're loyal to them in public like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like I, if I were in that situation, I wouldn't look at him either. You know, I, if I was Sharia, I might've said something during the challenge, but also like you're in the middle of untying this thing. It's frantic. Sharia gets like business mode when she is doing challenges. So like, I, I understand why she might not respond in that moment. But like, why would I sit here and be and like longingly look at the people that I'm actually loyal to <laughs> while I'm surrounded by six people who can vote me out? Yeah, uh, I like that doesn't make any sense why PG and Jamie are so like concerned about it. But also, like, you do need to be thinking about the possibility that they're not loyal to you anymore. Mm -hmm. So, like, yeah, that's fair. Well, and especially because they've they have done so much so far like they threw that challenge to get rid of aaron like they are banking on frosty and yep. support right so if they find out oh actually they're not even on our side i mean i guess you still got rid of a power player when you end up going to the merge but even so like that's really important for you to know because mm -hmm. you're gonna have like, no numbers mm -hmm. when you go into the merge yep so much so that they 
reverse course and don't throw this like immunity challenge. They win it. Uh, mm. If they got better vibes, or at least what we're told is if they got better vibes from them at the reward, they all, would have also tried to throw. And then you would have had what would have maybe been the worst survivor challenge in history where it's seeing who could lose. Yeah. They were both yeah. in which they, isn't there like a, like an episode. It's a South park episode. It's the South park baseball episode where <laughs> everybody hates playing baseball so much that they're both like trying to lose so that they don't have to keep playing in the tournament. Yeah. And so the, the best teams are actually the teams that like, lose <laughs> they're so good at being bad <laughs> that they can lose better than anyone else <laughs> that's what this would have been like <laughs> it's a great episode uh anyway <laughs> the one with the what's his name's dad gets really drunk at yeah, the games all the time. yeah 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 and it's uh it's it's like with bat dad Yes, <laughs> I'm Bat Dad. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh, this is such a good episode because that, that's Randy Marsh is like, I'm sorry, I thought this was America. <laughs> thing. You know, so that's where he's like, I didn't hear a bell. <laughs> so like that when he's trying yeah. to fight somebody. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I thought this was America. <laughs> oh. oh God. <laughs> Oh, good. Okay. Also, just wanted to note that James' shower shots were indeed much less tasteful than Dara's. Dara's, you got some like nice censorship with some of the uh, the mise en place around her. Uh, we just got <laughs> <laughs> we just got a big big old blur over James' rear end. Somehow, it's less tasteful though because James is aware that he's out in the open, and Dara's just like <laughs> in a private place. That's so, fair. They just stuck a camera in the doorway. <laughs> but you know, James does have a great a great butt, according to he, Amanda. He has the best butt, according to Amanda. Yeah, according to eyewitness sources. Yeah, <laughs> we obviously couldn't see the butt because because of the blur. Just have to just have to take their word for it. This definitely um, is one of the most blurred seasons of Survivor. I think we've mentioned that already, but this definitely adding. Um, I hope the blur artist is paid hourly. <laughs> um, so Amanda, we've talked about this at, at length, but Amanda and Todd are like really in a tough spot, like in that they do have to get this idol before James leaves, but they also have to be sneaky in doing so. Right. Like that's the the extra wrinkle here is that if they want to get it to James, they have to do so quickly. Um, and I, I think my question for us to peruse here is that comparatively to everyone else here, Todd is playing, right? He's got five-step plans whenever, you know, Courtney and Jean Robert just don't like each other, et cetera, et cetera, right? Uh, what do we think about Todd's long-term prognosis as the game master here in episode six do we see this lasting or is this too much too soon um for todd at this point scott what's your take on um the the potential for todd as the mastermind at this moment um i like that he's playing i like you said he seems like he's kind of the compared to everybody else he is definitely going for it yeah the uh the one thing i do think might get him in trouble is that he's managing like five or six people mm -hmm. um and just and like i get you know if you know we see kind of like you know 
Courtney, if Courtney decides to go off on go one way or like if they have trouble like pulling in like Jean Robert or something like that, you know, could this all blow up in his face a little bit? Like that's kind of where I'm I'm a little bit worried because he is kind of he's playing hard and the more public that becomes, um, that does kind of not bode well for him. But we'll see. So I don't know. Emily, Adam, thoughts on the matter? Um, at one point, uh, Todd was like, sometimes I feel like I'm the only person who's actually playing this game. Didn't he say that? I think so. I, yeah, I don't know. I think I think we definitely see the most strategy coming from him. Mm-hmm. I think of people like Jean Robert and he's like, oh, I have a strategy, but he doesn't. <laughs> like, He's not working with anyone. He's not like thinking some steps ahead, you know? He, oh, he is though. He's got yeah. this whole game lined up. Uh-huh. Yeah. His whole strategy is just like, I would like to not work, please. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I am interested in Todd as a player because I think he's really good at thinking ahead. And I think he's positioned himself like the amount of immunity idol clues he just fell into was insane because mm-hmm. I think he's just really good at taking advantage of every opportunity. So Yeah, he yeah, there's there's no one else playing this game in a more like forward thinking. And I don't just mean like PG is also up there though. Yeah, I, I don't yeah, mean PG it in the too, sense right. of like this season, like thinking about like getting to the final, but in the sense of like how people are playing this game five seasons from now. Yeah. Where Todd is really like, I mean, he has like final three alliances with Jean Robert, with Megan. He has final fives with Megan? James. Who's Megan? Like, he says the wrong names all the time. Who's Megan? Court, I, Courtney. I don't know <laughs> no, why. You're thinking of the brunette, right? No, I'm thinking of Courtney. Amanda's always there. Amanda. Okay. Yeah. Well, I was. I was assuming. thinking of Courtney. I don't know why I said Megan. Okay. Is Megan out with Eric somewhere? <laughs> Who did you bring up today, Christine? You were like, "Well, Christine's over there." I was like, "Who <laughs> But you meant Court, or you meant um, Jamie, or Courtney? I think I meant Courtney. Yeah. yeah. I think can't I can't get Courtney's name. name right. That's the running theme for you. I want you to say her name differently every single time on purpose. Now, Courtney. Um. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so he's he's made these alliances with a lot, a lot of people, um, which I, I think if you're looking at like early, early seasons of Survivor, that's not like a great place to be because, you know, then you're making a lot of promises that you're not gonna be able to keep and that will potentially come to a head at some point. Whereas like right now, we're sort of in this weird turning point of Survivor strategy where we're seeing more like, I mean, trust clusters, but obviously we're not that far yet right but we're seeing kind of versions of these trust clusters but only one person is actually aware that it's just a trust cluster yeah uh so i i think that like no one else is playing this game quite as like strategic strategically beyond where the game actually is than todd i think pg has a really really good handle on the game as it is yeah yeah she can talk through like if we do this this could happen like she's yeah. definitely she she is like yeah. strategically forward thinking too and they're really the most the two but they're on different tribes i think right todd has more power because he's working with more people but i think the problem with todd is he's so committed like he he has all these commitments with these people but um 
and he knows he's going to have to like blindside them or, you know, cut these commitments at some point, but he's so committed to these particular commitments that he doesn't see the possibility of branching out beyond that. Cause in this moment, like he, he is Courtney who is like supposed to be one of his ride or dies. He thinks. Yeah. And she is desperate to get a genre, get rid of Jean Robert, who honestly like doesn't trust Todd. Like he thinks that Todd has yep. a good means to an end, but like he doesn't trust Todd. Yep. So like, why is Todd so concerned about keeping Jean Robert around? It's because he thinks he needs the numbers. Yeah. He's brought Frosty into the fold. So he's already traded. He can theoretically trade Jean Robert for somebody. For Frosty. Yeah. And then he can keep Courtney happy, too. Yeah. Which I feel like is a much more cohesive and better way to like play this out. Mm. And I, I think he kind of does see that in a way. Like he he has a conversation with Amanda where he's like, we need to get to John Rivera. Like, yeah, people are going to see us as like calling the shots and like, you know, whatever. And yeah. so he recognizes that to a degree. But Amanda is so stuck in like kind of older seasons of Survivor strategy that she just can't give that those number things and Todd is too fickle to like really fight for what I think needs to happen. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I'm just, I'm really curious to see how this unfolds for Todd in the future. Cause I don't feel like he's actually, I think he's in a really good spot for now. Mm -hmm. I don't think he's in a spot that's like really well positioned to take him to the final. Yeah. And we really do see him struggle with this vote, right? Like he wants to, He's made the decision that it should be Jean Robert now, but he it's too late in the game or he has too many people to convince otherwise now to switch it off of Sharia onto Jean Robert, which, of course, we all wish would have happened. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, like I think that what you're saying, like that he detects too, and, you know, either to his benefit or detriment that it he doesn't go turn the whole ship around is that he sees himself like, man, like we need to keep Courtney happy. And voting out Sheree instead is going to ostracize her, you know. Yeah. yeah. And I think that that leads us into one other question here I wanted to ask. There's a, a really interesting confessional um, from Courtney here late in this episode where she kind of presents her strategy um, almost like as the foil to Todd's where we've seen Todd and Amanda in her right to um coming up with this, you know, like five step plan where it's, you know, like, OK, we're going to again, we're going to find the idol, give it to James. James is going to throw the challenge. Then they're all going to vote for James. James is going to vote out Jamie. Boom. And then Courtney instead is like sometimes in this game, you can't over plan and you just have to make the best move for what makes sense right here in this moment. And then as the game goes on, you adjust as you need to as long as it's the right move in this moment you can't think too far ahead right and i think we've yeah. in our viewership seen both like both sides of this be successful right like you know adam klein is the ultimate think seven steps ahead strategist right and sandra from pearl islands is the ultimate as long as it's not me and i'm surviving one more day then i'm good and they both won a million dollars right yeah. And I, I'm just interested in, in your take on this idea from Courtney, right? That sometimes in Survivor, it's better to not over plan and just to make the the right move in this one moment and then deal with tomorrow, tomorrow. Anybody have a, a thought on on her um, her ideas here? 
I think it makes sense. I mean, she has a point. Like, you can only control, like, so much in Survivor, I feel like. Yeah. So, like, you... Before I feel like it's probably... tribe swapped onto a tribe of... In which yeah. you're the extreme minority, right? <laughs> exactly. Like, so, I mean, I feel like with most things, the answer is probably somewhere in the middle. Like, you probably need to have an idea of, like, where you need to get to, but also, like, how you get there can probably vary a little bit. So, like, in Todd's case, like, he knows he needs to get to, like, the top three or whatever. But, you know, if he takes out Jean Robert first, is it really, you know, is it that consequential? Who knows? But right. so, I mean, I, I do, I do think she has a point, like, you know, make the right play for today. Cause otherwise you may not be here tomorrow. Yeah. So. Anyone else with a, a take on this? Yeah. I mean, that's kind of the, the great thing about Survivor is just the fact that it's a lot of people, which introduces a lot of chaos into the system. So yeah. trying to think too far ahead, what Emily says, when you think you have this game figured out or on lock, that's probably when you're going home. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I think that I mean, Adam Klein got really lucky by the people surrounding him. He, he could have easily gone home mm -hmm. so early in that game but he got really lucky uh, to make it through and then made some really good moves along the way, like not to disparage his game in any way. Yeah. But he almost got himself voted out several times because of the, that like super forward thinking mm -hmm. 18 moves. What am I going to do next? And then, and then, and then, and then. Yeah. And he even got himself in the trouble because he thought he could like befriend someone that's going to help him way down the line who is probably going to get voted out really soon anyway. So what was the point? Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I think if you are in that, it's like not a good answer, but you really do need to have the balance. You need to have the perspective of both. Because if you're so far down the line in your head, if anything happens, I think of Adam Klein in this situation. If something happens, you could be like, oh, like plan broken. <laughs> like, what do I do? You know, you need to be able to be nimble too. Yeah. Right. And, you know, and we also and we have the benefit of watching this from TV where there's right. a narrative being like edited for us. And... We're not hungry. <laughs> we course. can see everything that's happening. We see all the secret meetings, you know, whereas yeah. when you're in that moment, it's. It's it's a lot harder to know everything that's happening possible. So, yeah, I don't know. I think that honestly. I, I think that Courtney's philosophy Sandra's philosophy really makes sense there where it's like it's about what's right for the moment it's about what's good for everybody right now and if it what happens to be good for everybody is you getting voted out then you have to scramble yes yeah. <laughs> uh total aside here uh Sandra recently was on like a charity stream like with multiple survivors um like raising money for something and she did like an AMA um and I like saw a transcript of her AMA and you know, Sandra at this point has like been on survivor a number of times. Right. Um, but she was asked what her favorite survivor memory was. And she said when, uh, she dumped the tribes fish out after they voted Rupert out from Pearl <laughs> Islands. <laughs> you remember that? Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was so funny that of all the survivor things that she's done, it was <laughs> dumping Chaos, out the Sandra. fish after, after Rupert was voted out. Amazing. Uh, let's move on here to our our goats in our participation trophies. Each person will award one goat. That's a good goat, a greatest of all time goat, not a jury goat. 
and one participation trophy to the players who did the best and worst, respectively, this episode. Adam, you go first. Uh, um, I think that I think that the go for me has to go to Todd. Even though his plan didn't really work out. I mean, he he put together a lot of moving parts that for the most part worked out for him. He found the idol. He got James on his side in a way that I, I, up until this point, I didn't think that James really was. Um, so he forged that new bomb there. He also saw what really probably should have happened at Tribal, getting rid of John Robert instead of Sharia. But, you know, Amanda talked him out of it. Yeah. So I, I don't entirely blame him for that. but. Yeah, I, I think that Todd is probably my uh, my goat this episode. All right. Emily? Well, should we do... Do we do goats and participation trophies together? I think traditionally yeah, we do. Yeah, we can. We, yeah, we can. All right. Hit um, us with your participation trophy, too, then. Man, I feel bad about this, but I feel like I have to give it to Denise. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Denise just really kind of choked... Well, in the challenge, I mean, she couldn't even yeah. couldn't even choke it down. Couldn't even choke it down. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think I got to give it to Denise. I think that she genuinely tried, but it just didn't work out for her. She yeah. really screwed up a pretty clever strategy. Um, not screwed up, but, you know, you know what I'm saying? Foiled. Foiled. Yeah. I imagine that if, uh, you know, everybody wasn't watching. During that challenge, when Denise couldn't get that balut down, James would have been like, Focus, children. <laughs> <laughs> Emily, who gets your goat and your participation trophy? Uh, who, um, who gets your goat out there? <laughs> you know what really gets my goat? <laughs> Love that. Um, yeah, I think... I do think Todd is the right answer here. Todd. He really put some stuff together, yeah. I think Amanda definitely gets props, but ultimately this was Todd who was leading this effort here. So I will say that. I think that Denise is a very good answer. Um, as I, I seem to kind of change the definition of participation trophy every time, I'm going to do that again. Maybe this is the same definition i used last time i don't remember but i want to give it to courtney because mm. she really tried to yeah. change up the strategy and like voting genre bear out yeah um she made some really good points that were valid it just i give her the participation trophy because it didn't work out yeah mm. yeah you know the participation trophy can mean whatever you want it to it can I be appreciate the that because I'm totally using it. Yes. <laughs> it can be the loser of the episode or it can be the person who got the Bart Simpson. At least you tried cake. Yes. So. Mm. Uh, Scott, what about you? Um, yeah, so my goat will go to Todd as well. Wow. Um, for, all, for all the reasons stated already, he's kind of just kind of dominated the episode strategy wise, um, even if it did kind of not work out exactly how to how it was planned um participation trophy um i don't really know i always struggle with this one sure um i like denise as well for this i feel bad though for her because like i don't know i feel like she just got the rotten luck of going against james but like the whole tribe as a whole didn't do like great in that challenge but yeah 
I'll go Denise as well. I actually, my goat, I had someone else in mind, and uh, I'm going to give mine to Frosty. Mm. I honestly thought about that. He was another one I thought about. Yeah, he yeah. was my B, yeah. my secondary. Like blundered into that situation. Yeah. He, he did. He did blunder into it, but the results of it were that his tribe ended up going to tribal council in a situation where very easily it could have him been him going home, but instead there was almost like no mention of his name. Now mm-hmm. he seems to be fully in the uh, the good side of the numbers. And it's all because he's good at climbing things. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The participation trophy is a tough one. Um, I think. I'm just going to, you know, just phone it in here and give it to Sharia because she got voted out. Too bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, And now let's do our fantasy survivor update. This episode was a big win again for Adam's Buddha boys tribe. Um, Pulling in 55 points, both Le Jouets and the human beings. Pulled in 40 points apiece. (laughs) I forgot about the human beings. (laughs) Um, although Emily, sadly, you do lose your second tribe member in Sharia. Yeah. Um, a bummer happening right before the merge, as there is a big bonus to those who are still in the game at the merge. So that means our totals at this point. In third place with 230 points is Scott's Human Beings Tribe. In second place with 245 is Emily's Le Jouet. That S is silent at the end, right? Yes, it's Le Jouer. Ah, ah, thank you. For it's it. not silent. It's a throaty noise. Yeah, yeah just <laughs> like some fun. Yeah, I'm sure this is great audio for the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and leading right now with 270 points is Adam's Buddha Boys Tribe. Uh, I believe that's it. Anything that's left on the table other than Denise's balut? Yeah. I liked that a lot, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I think we need to end on that. Beautiful. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you for listening. Make sure to subscribe to our feed wherever you get your podcast so you don't miss the rest of our Outwatch journey through Survivor China. And check the link in the description for listener support. If you're interested in pledging some cash our way, that will help us as we transition from CBS All Access to Paramount Plus, the new streaming network. That is eating CBS All Access, unlike Denise eating the balut. Uh, Next time on Outwatch, (laughs) we will continue our journey through Survivor China with the seventh episode of the season. And folks, it's the merge. This episode is titled I'm Not As Dumb As I Look. And if you join us next week, you too won't be as dumb as you look. We'll see you next time.